Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. This is Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. I'm here today with Mike Luce. Uh Michael Luce, right? Right. Okay. And he is the uh, owner of Loose Change Productions. Very close. Loose Change Films. Loose Change Films. Okay. Uh, before we get started here, Michael, let me uh, tell our listeners what's coming up mm-hmm. next week. Uh, next week, we have a, a really interesting show uh, from a business perspective. Uh, the uh, guest is a fellow named Charles Morgan. He's been the uh, CEO and founder of a extremely large uh, company in the uh, big data space. He's going to be talking about how to integrate big data uh, technology in your organization. Uh, and that's that's promising to be a an extremely interesting show. It'll be based around his, uh, his new book. Uh, here at Sandler, a couple of things coming up. Uh, on August 20th, we have uh, a program for company owners called How to Build a Sales-Driven Team. Uh, so many times, in fact, I heard it a couple of times today, uh, where a company owner said, I just need to hire another salesperson. And I think you have to really hire a sales-driven team, te- people who are motivated who will actually go out of the way and get the sale. Uh, later in August, we have on the August 26th, and then again on September 23rd, we have the next Sandler two-day boot camp. Uh, if you're interested in getting more information about the boot camp, you can Talk to Brittany at 513-753-9400. She's on extension 106. Let's see. Here at Sandler, we have a couple of uh, very important programs. Uh, The August 20th program that I already mentioned is really part of the Business Leaders Workshop Series. Again, contact Brittany at the 513-753-9400 telephone number to uh, get information on that. Michael, why don't you tell our listeners uh, how uh, you got involved in the film industry? Sure, Mike. Uh, that's, not, that's a great question. Uh, about five years ago, my young son was uh, we're, we're, was adorable, as most parents would say about their children. And uh, many people have been telling us that we should put him in movies and he should be in commercials. And like most proud parents, we said, of course he should. So we took him to an agent, and uh, the agent said, you know, that she loved him, but she really needed mom and dad. Mm-hmm. That she, because of so many commercials in the area, uh, with all of the company headquarters, 
that she really needed to sign mom and dad. She needed more adult actors. And because I did have an acting background, uh, both in high school and college, uh, we went ahead and signed up with her. And within 30 days, I was doing my first TV commercial. Within 90 days, I was working on Ides of March with George Clooney and Ryan Gosling. Oh, really? Uh, what? In Cincinnati, everyone says, you know, what school did you go to? They mean what high school? What, what, sure. what school did you go to? I went to Covington Catholic High School in northern mm-hmm. Kentucky and NKU. Okay. And, and both of you were in an acting program? I was in an acting program in both uh, both schools. Unfortunately, at NKU, I got derailed a little bit. Uh, so I took some time off of school. My degree is actually from Thomas More College. Mm-hmm. But I started out at NKU as a theater major. Okay. I didn't even know they had a theater department. I knew they had the great informatics department. Mm, fantastic. It's The theater department's actually one of the best in the country. Really? It is. Mm, didn't know that. <laughs> uh, Sandler said many years ago that sales is a Broadway play performed by a psychiatrist. And uh, usually about once every year, maybe once every 18 months, I do a, a one, acting 101 for salespeople uh, class where we... Uh, act out a scene from a play. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes, it's uh, it's always an interesting class. <laughs> I'll have to have you come back and and work with us on that one. Love to do that. Uh, so how many years ago was that now that you, that you got into acting? That's been five years ago that I've been acting professionally. And the, and the agent is here in Cincinnati? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, she is here in Cincinnati. Unfortunately, I'm no longer with her. I've, uh, as my career grew, I had a need to grow to a, an agency that had a more national presence. Well, someone like so, William Morris? Uh, not quite that big, but a company called uh, Heyman Talent uh, down in Longworth Hall in Cincinnati. Okay. I didn't even know we had a talent agent in uh, Longworth Hall. We do. We do. Okay. And... Uh, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about your career in acting over the last few years? Okay, sure. Uh, since I've that time on Eyes of March, I've actually been in an additional 16 movies and uh, have also forayed into uh, commercials, industrial work, and also producing feature films. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I've got uh, 12 feature films on the slate right now uh, that are going to take about three to four years to make all of those. And uh, we're currently producing one at the moment here in Cincinnati, actually, and then with several others uh, to be filmed around the country in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. So you're filming one film now in Cincinnati. Correct. Are you free to tell our listeners what the name of the film is? I am. Why I don't am. you tell us a little bit about the film itself? All right, sure. Uh, the movie is called Black Cross, and uh, without getting too deep into it, uh, it's a story about 14th century German Teutonic Knights. So it is a medieval story. Uh, there have been uh, many people around Morrow, Ohio, wondering why people are going into gas stations and uh, subway shops and other areas around Morrow uh, dressed as knights. And mm-hmm. That's why now the mystery is solved. Medieval times, <laughs> right? <laughs> Renaissance right. festival, right? Was that early, right? I think the Renaissance festival is coming up pretty soon, uh, maybe in a month or so. Um, so I think maybe some people may have wondered if some of our actors had gotten their calendars mixed up, uh, but that's why. And uh, so again, we're filming that in Morrow, Ohio. How many actors are you employing for that film? Uh, actors, there are 37, and this is a relatively small production. So we've got uh, 14 crew 
total? 14 crew, crew. on the cameras, the sound, the, the sets. Right, exactly. And that includes also uh, production assistants, you know, people who get the coffee and, uh, you know, make sure that actors find their way to the sets and all those things. Yeah. yeah. You know what I find amazing is, is, is that sometimes I actually read the credits on the films. <laughs> and uh, some of the, the credits seem like really strange, like best boy or assistant mm-hmm. to best boy. Uh, right. Why are all these people getting credits in film? Because they've done the work. That's uh, that's the name of the game, Mike. You know, it takes a, a true army to put a movie together. And the bigger the the film, the larger the production, the more people you need. Um, it's very common for films to employ anywhere from 100 to 500 people mm-hmm. uh, from start to finish. And that does include uh, pre-production services and, and jobs all the way to all the people who are on the sets and the support services as well as then going into post-production. Mm-hmm. So they're quite large. Uh, they're big to do, as mm-hmm. my wife says. Sure. So the, the first film that you did with, with George Clooney, mm-hmm. where was that shot? That was shot in 2011 up in uh, Miami University in Oxford, Ohio, uh, was where I worked. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough to be directed by George for four scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, got to be there for the very last scene that was filmed in Ohio before they went to Michigan. Uh, to film up in Detroit, and I got to have some really good conversations with George. Unfortunately, all four of my scenes were cut. Oh, so I can't tell my my listeners to go out and look look for minute number 43. Unfortunately not. So, But that's the only movie that I've done where I've been entirely cut out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, you were still paid, weren't you? I was. I was. The check's cashed, so that was good. That's good. And on the back end of the film, in the credits, is your name there? It is. It is listed. Really? Yes. And I am listed, uh, of course, on IMDb. And naturally, I have an IMDb page that your listeners can go visit as well. Okay. How do they find that? Uh, That's Mm imdb.com. And uh, go into the search bar and type in Michael Luce. And it it is L-O-O-S. And the best page pops up. Yes. Good. Uh, So what made you make the change from, in quotation marks, acting Mm -hmm. to producing? That's a great question. That is really the million-dollar question that people ask me almost everywhere I go. And a lot of that has to do with longevity in the business. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we all want to stay in the business. We all want to continue making art. Mm-hmm. And there w- might be a time eventually that I no longer get cast. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their time uh, in the business, whether you're Danny DeVito or uh, any other big star. There becomes a time that their time is passed. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want that to happen. So I thought if my time on screen ends, my time off screen doesn't have to end. And it's all part of the same process. So, uh, and frankly, I come from a sales background, so I love the art of the deal. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I get to make the deals and uh, put the great teams together and and deal with incredibly talented people every single day. So uh, that was the way to do it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Let's spend uh, a couple of minutes on the... uh the current film. Uh, does it have a working title? Sure. It's called Black Cross. Black Cross. Mm-hmm. Now, that's one that I'm producing, and then I'm also acting in one here in two weeks. Okay. So we got two films to talk about. Two films, yes. We'll, we'll spend a couple of minutes talking about uh, Black Cross sure. first. That's the one that you're producing. Correct. Where the guys in medieval armor are running around Moro. Correct. Correct. Okay. Uh, can you uh, share with our audience what the storyline is? 
storyline's a little bit top secret right now, actually. A little bit top secret. Um, yes. Can, yes. You, can you share with us whether it's a comedy, adventure, science fiction? It is a horror drama. So there are some. Uh, there are a lot of special effects, a mm-hmm. lot of uh, blood taking place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not real blood, folks. It's uh, Hollywood blood. syrup and things like that, right? It's Hollywood blood. Uh, there are. Uh, there will be bodies flying off of cliffs in Morrow mm-hmm. very soon, uh, and uh, it's it's a really interesting project. It's not like anything I've ever worked on before. Mm-hmm. So, and the the visionary of it, who is also he's the primary uh, producer, is his name is Randy Fabert, and Randy is a special effects expert. Mm-hmm. So he does wonderful things with special effects. And uh, he's a true visionary in that area. So I tend to follow his lead on this film. He's just fantastic. We've got an incredibly talented group of people, but Randy's at the head of it, and he's fantastic. So you're shooting the film now. Yes. After you finish shooting in Morrow, mm-hmm. does it go to Hollywood for a post-production? It's going to go to post-production. We haven't decided on the uh, post-production house yet. We've, okay. We've talked with several different companies uh, and they are not just in Hollywood. We have some in Ohio, uh, some in uh, Nashville, and then, of course, many in Hollywood. So uh, we haven't decided who we're the most comfortable with right now, but that decision's coming here pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And do you have a uh, expected release date? Or is this a theatrical film or a film for TV? Uh, this is a film that we expect to have a theatrical release for. Uh, we don't have a distribution deal for it at this point. Uh, typically the distribution comes after filming is completed. Unless you're a Hollywood uh, filmmaker like George Clooney, uh, who everybody knows, uh, you don't get your deal until after the film is completed. Okay, so what, what, you're, what you're telling me is that the after the film is completed, you're going to show it to some distributors to figure out who wants to pick it up? Exactly. So you have to sell the film. Exactly. Good. Exactly, yes. And that's where my sales background comes into play. So how long is the film going to be? What are you aiming at? Uh, we're aiming at 85 to 90 minutes. And that is really the wheelhouse for the distribution companies. Um, what they found is that people just don't have an attention span beyond 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. So that's really where they want to be. Yeah, I have noticed too many films coming out at two hours. Right. No, uh, you know, at this point in time, they're really not there. Uh, even Hollywood films are cut down now to... You know, 90 to 100 minutes, typically. Mm-hmm. And what kind of a budget do you make a film in uh, Cincinnati for? You can make a film in Cincinnati for very little money or for multi-millions. Um, I, I won't reveal too specifically about uh, Black Cross, but I can say it's under a million dollars. Okay. So someone who's got a million dollars and wants to invest it in a film, they should come talk to you. Absolutely. Good. And I've got lots of films well over a million dollars that are uh, excellent opportunities for uh, return on investment. Good. We're going to take a uh, commercial break here. If you have any questions for Michael, he has agreed to uh, take callers. Uh, The call-in number is 646-595-4916. We'll be uh, screening callers during these uh, commercial breaks. Let's take a fast one. Commercial break. This message is short and to the point. In business, you don't get paid for what you know, paid for what you sell. Yet many salespeople leave their skills to chance. They often think, let me think it over. They write proposals that go nowhere. They lower their price to get the order. 
they wind up chasing prospects through the voicemail maze. It doesn't have to be that way. The best salespeople were not born great. They learned it. I'm Mike Roth of Roth & Associates. We're famous for our expensive, difficult sales training. We're not for everyone. We build the best sales prospectors and sales negotiators on the planet. Are you in sales? Are you ready to get deadly serious about your career? Imagine you just left your prospect's office and he now has your proposal, quote, or estimate. What do you suppose he's going to do with that valuable information that you just gave him for free? Call you tomorrow with an order? Get real! He's shopping it around to the competition. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates. I'm the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. I'm constantly amazed how salespeople operate. They believe a prospect asking for a proposal means the sale is as good as closed. Face it, trained prospects will turn you into an unpaid consultant. For over 15 years, we've been coaching, training, and challenging professionals who are 100% committed to long-term sales growth and profitability, no matter what it takes. If you're deadly serious about increasing sales, call me at 513-646-6523. Find out how Sandler Training can make you better, faster, and stronger. Or register now for our next open house, 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. This is Mike Roth and uh, Mike Luce, and we're, we're talking about film today, film in Cincinnati. Mike, if uh, an audience member wants to find out more about investing in the film business with you, mm-hmm. how do they do that? Sure, Mike, that's, that'd be great. Uh, they can reach me at michael at actormichaelluce.com, and it would be michael, L-O-O-S.com. Good. Uh, we were... Uh, Talking about the uh, the film that you currently have in production mm-hmm. uh, in Morrow, uh, how many actual production days will a ninety minute film have? Typically, you're going to run between twenty and thirty five. Uh, this film will run a total of twenty two minutes, uh, twenty two days, twenty two mm-hmm. uh, work days. Correct, twenty two mm-hmm. filming days. Right. And this this is going to be outdoor shots. These are all outdoor shots. Yes. So you're you're subject to weather. We are very much so. Uh, we are find ourselves working against the sunlight quite a bit. What does that mean, working against the sunlight? Uh, keeping an eye on the sunlight and uh, you know working to make sure that we get all those day shots before it goes dark. Ah, uh, okay, I see what you mean. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the uh, uh, Cincinnati Film Commission versus where you are. Are they interested in helping small producers like yourself? Typically, the Cincinnati Film Commission is focused on the Hollywood productions. They want to bring in the productions that are going to have three, four, five hundred jobs, typically. Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, they don't really want to work on the uh, projects that are going to have 30 or 40 or 50 employees. Mm-hmm. So my pre- my last previous film that was uh, filmed in Cincinnati was called Active Contrition, and we had 114 employees on that one. And uh, we actually did that without the Film Commission. Mhm. Mhm. Uh whatever happened to Active Contrition? Did it, did it go in the theaters or the TV or Active Contrition is almost finished. Um we wrapped on that at the end of last September and uh it is in scoring right now. So it is going to be finished within the next couple of weeks. Okay. So and then we should have a uh theatrical release date uh within about 6 weeks we should know. Mhm. Did that film have a, a name Hollywood? Personality as a star? It did. It has uh, Matt McCoy, who is best known for his roles on Seinfeld and Hand That Rocks the Cradle, and also uh, two of the Police Academy films. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Matt has over 90, 90 or 95 credits to his name on IMDb. He's mm-hmm. quite a name. He's been around a long time. As well as uh, Joe Estevez, mm-hmm. uh, famous brother of Martin Sheen. Right. And then uh, maybe a little bit lesser known, uh, but he's a local man, uh, Pepper Sweeney. Uh, Pepper's from northern Kentucky, actually went to the same high school that I went to, even though we were there at different times. And uh, Pepper is a fantastic actor. He spent about 20 years in L.A., uh, was incredibly successful, and uh, did a great job in active contrition. Oddly enough, he was given a role that was written for me. Hmm. But because he came available and he was so, so good, uh, we decided to put him in another, in that role, and uh, I took a little smaller role. Okay. Well, it's good for the film. Absolutely. That's the name of the game. Right, right. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the second film mm-hmm. that you're working on, this one about the Underground Railroad. Mm-hmm. That, <laughs> that, that, that one have a working title? It does. The working title right now is All or Nothing, mm-hmm. uh, without the G on the end. And uh, we're really excited about that. You know, I play an abolitionist doctor uh, who is conflicted between his family and his own beliefs. And again, he is very focused on freeing slaves. But he comes from a wealthy family in, oddly enough, in northern Kentucky, Mm -hmm. uh, who wants no part of freeing slaves. So he's very conflicted all the time. And uh, he's a true pacifist. But again, his family doesn't want him to be that. So he's got quite a bit of a conflict. Uh, we're very excited about it, and uh, what's interesting is that it's set in Cincinnati, northern Kentucky, and Michigan, and is also filming in those three places. So the the locations are going to be very authentic. Okay, so you're filming like an old section of uh, Newport. We're going to be filming at uh, the Dinsmore Homestead in Petersburg, Kentucky, okay. which actually played a part during that time in history. Uh, there are other several other locations. I haven't gotten the entire list yet, but I know that they're actually focused on using actual uh, places that had a, p- a part in the Underground Railroad. So I can understand Cincinnati and uh, Northern Kentucky. Northern Kentucky. Why Michigan? Uh, because a lot of the slaves fled to Michigan to get as far away as they could mm-hmm. from the owners who were chasing them. So did you, so, when you say Michigan, do you mean Detroit, or do you mean uh, Flint, or do you mean uh, it's Upper Detroit. Peninsula? Right, it's, it's Detroit, right, right. And actually, Detroit is where the script originated from. Okay. Uh, and you're acting as the producer for that film? I'm actually not. In oh. that movie, I'm just an actor. Okay. Uh, so I'm, my duties feel kind of light right now. I've uh, I kind of feel like I should be doing a lot more than I am. Uh, which is just preparing and my character and uh, getting my lines down. Okay. And the uh, this is just for the salespeople who are listening. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell us, as an actor, how do you learn your lines? I do it a lot differently than most people do. And uh, one of the things, Mike, that I didn't get to share with you is about six years ago, I actually had a severe car accident, and I had a traumatic tr- brain injury from it. So I actually have to work extremely hard. Uh, one of the things that I do, where my starting point is writing on a legal pad. I write each set of lines with their cues that come in before them. And then I uh, plug them all into my phone. I have a, an app where I can import the script into my phone. And it will actually play all the parts other than mine. And it will leave an empty space for me to recite my lines. So that's what I do. And then, of course, I work with people. Is that like a special application? It's a special app, but it's free. 
And it, it, the phone actually reads what you typed in. Correct. And how does it know where to leave space? Uh, because you actually choose what character you oh. want to, you where you want it to leave space. Oh. So it's really a fantastic little app. It's called Line Please. Line Please. Mm-hmm. Works out really well. Uh, I've actually heard that there are some better apps out there, but I just love the Line Please, so I keep using that one. Mm-hmm. So how long does it take you to uh, to learn a part where you have, say, uh, 30 minutes of active speaking? So if I'm working on a scene with uh, a movie where I'm going to have 30 minutes of screen time, I'm probably going to have about 45 scenes in a situation like that. So that's going to take me 12 to 15 days, typically. To learn the lines. To learn the lines and really know them backwards and forwards and uh, know that no matter who feeds me lines, no matter who I rehearse with, they're always there. And, and they, I truly, truly have them down. So how many repetitions would that be over 45 days? Thousands. Thousands of repetitions. Thousands of repetitions. Yes. So when we talk to salespeople and we say to write out your, your sales script, and they might write it out, mm-hmm. <laughs> but never read it aloud, what do you think their probability of getting their lines right at are? Uh, zero to one percent. Mm-hmm. It's pretty low. And coming from a sales background, I've actually done that. And I treated it just like scripts. And I did the same thing. I, I wrote them out and I memorized them and I had people quiz me for them. And I got my cues down. Yeah. When I had my uh, telecommunications and uh, computer company in L.A., uh, one of my telemarketers was an unemployed actor. <laughs> there are a lot of those out there. Oh, yes, there were. <laughs> and uh, I had to have an agreement with him. Should he get a part? and he had to work for a couple of days in a film or a TV show, he could still have his telemarketing job back. Nice. And he was exceptionally good. I can imagine. They, You know, we actors bring uh, excellent work ethic and uh, professionalism, and most of them are pretty hungry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he, he did the job. He followed the script. And Great. He, we made some money with him. Uh, it, so you're acting as co-producer on the uh Teutonic film, right? Correct. Uh, is there just one other producer? There is. That's Randy Fabert, mm-hmm. who is, uh, again, the special effects expert and uh, the visionary behind the script. Uh, did he write the script? He did not. Um, it was actually written by someone up in northern Cincinnati named uh, Jeremy Biltz, who is, uh, to my understanding, not a known screenwriter, but a, a very good one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've had a couple of salespeople go through our Sandler program and wander off to be uh, script writers. Nice. Good uh, for them. One wound up as a producer up at uh, MTV in Hollywood, and uh, I'll have to connect you with him. And the other guy wound up as a, uh, a missionary <laughs> in the Caribbean. Well, at least he went to good weather. Yes, he did go to good weather. I think his wife convinced him to give up on script writing. I will confess I never read one of his scripts. He never gave it to me, but uh, if Justin wants to send it in, I might send it over to you. By all means. Uh, You're working on how many additional films right now? We're actually, we have 12 films in the queue right now. Mm -hmm. This is for the Loose Change uh, company? Correct, Loose Change Films. Right, and all 12, uh, we have several different genres involved. Uh, we have some two romantic comedies. We have two horror films, uh, several dramas, and even a couple of action-adventure films. Action-adventure films? Yes. Hmm. 
Yes. One film is actually uh, really very exciting to us. Uh, it's about six women who are just tough, tough women, and they are, uh, they're all martial arts experts. So they're kind of vigilantes. If you can imagine Charlie's Angels gone rogue. Oh, okay. <laughs> that sounds interesting. We're going to take a commercial break here again. If you have a question for Michael, you can call in on 646-595-4916, and we'll be able to screen your calls during these commercial breaks. We're going to listen to Sam the Rule number 19. Hi, I'm George Donovan with Sandler Training. I'm here to talk to you about rule number 19, never help the prospect end the interview. We've all been on sales calls where it's been uncomfortable and the prospect's acting uninterested or maybe even a little bit hostile. Your inclination is to close your portfolio, get up and walk out, but don't. This rule calls for you to hang in there. Ask the question that gets the issue on the table. Chances are it's not you. Maybe it's your company's past performance that's the problem, or perhaps another company that sells similar products or services. Or maybe it's another salesperson that has nothing to do with you or your company, but you'll never know unless you ask. So it sounds something like this. Let's suppose your prospect's name was Bill. You'd say, Bill, you seem a little bit skeptical. Is there something that I've said or done that's made you feel this way? And if it is, could we talk about it? Or maybe you say, Bill, I sense that there's a problem. Would it be okay if we talked about that for a minute? So the important part is that you ask. It takes the pressure off of you, and it helps the prospect work through the issue so you can get by it and get back to the interview. So the next time you're in an uncomfortable sales call, don't bail. Hang in there and remember rule number 19. Never help the prospect end the interview. This is Mike Roth with Sandler Training, finding power and reinforcement. Are you tired of prospects saying, I want to think it over? Are you tired of being an unpaid consultant? Call me at 513-646-6523. On the web at rothconsulting.net. Company owners and sales managers, are you tired of cutting your price to get the deal? Wouldn't you like to have a better way? Wouldn't you want to improve your margins? Call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523 to see if there's a better way for you. Company owners and sales managers, are you sick and tired of hiring a salesperson you think is Tom Cruise only to get Pee Wee Herman on the first day of the job? Call me, Mike Roth, 513-646-6523, to stop this from happening to you again. This is Mike Roth and Michael Luce from Luce Change Films. Uh, Michael, in, in, in your world of uh, uh, producing smaller films than a Hollywood production. How many companies in America are are producing films like yours? Mike, there are many thousands of companies out there doing this. Uh, What most people don't know is there are actually 40,000 movies made in the U.S. every year. That's a tremendous number. 40,000? 40,000 films made in the U.S. every year. What happens to (laughs) 40,000 films? 
You're talking about military recruiting films? Or <laughs> no, these are uh, short films and feature films. Uh, some of them are made to go to festivals. Some of them are made to go to Netflix or some other digital streaming uh, outlet. And others just kind of wander in the wind. They go to the abyss. They go to you know, the bit bucket in the sky. Right, right. Unfortunately, uh, a lot of people are very ambitious, but they take take on projects that are frankly underfunded, and they're very passionate about what they're doing. They'll maybe get twenty or thirty people that they know who can who can act and who can run sound and cameras and those things, but they're not necessarily professionals. So the execution becomes an issue for them. So they wind up with a finished product, which is uh, less than palatable? Correct. Even if the storyline is good. Exactly. Exactly. And most of them are. I mean, I've come across a lot of people who have great ideas uh, and and even have good scripts. But again, when it comes down to the execution, it's really tough. This is not a business for everybody. Definitely not for the faint of heart. Good. What's the uh, minimum cost for a good production that you're going to be able to commercialize? The minimum cost I'm going to put at two hundred thousand dollars, but it depends. Really depends on the type of film that it is. Uh, you know, when you have to add car crashes, things like that, lots of special effects, lots of big scenes, it's going to cost more than a film that's in maybe two or three locations and has a cast of ten or twelve. So as soon as you do a car crash, you're, you're like losing a couple of vehicles, or maybe even more than that. Definitely, at least a couple. And uh, again, you're going to pay for it. Uh, you're smiling when you say that. What, what, what do you mean? What is it? Is it, is it car, you know, do you know the cost of filming a car crash that's staged? Typically, a car crash is going to cost you in the range of $150,000. For each crash? Yes. Wow. Well, correction, for each scene. Each for scene? For each scene, yes. Because it's not going to happen in one take. So you've got to have multiple cars. You've got to get those cars from somewhere. And especially if they're specialty cars. You know, if they're... 2015 Toyota Camrys are easy to come across. 1978 Dodge Chargers are not. Hmm. Yeah, but but even the 2015 Toyota, every time you crash one and total it, you lose, you lose 30 grand. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's pretty easy. <laughs> right. Uh, in terms of special effects, do they add it? as much as a car crash to the course of a film? They do. Uh, special effects are incredibly specialized. Obviously, the pe- professionals who do them are incredibly well-trained and passionate, and it takes a lot of equipment, a lot of programs. Uh, they really have to know what they're doing. And just like doctors, they've invested in the education. It's going to cost you. Mm-hmm. So that would be, be things like uh, green screen uh, jumps with... Ropes that don't, aren't visible in the final production. Right. There are those. There are things like, uh, you know, take a, a boat going down in the ocean. Uh, Titanic, obviously, was heavy on special effects. Uh, you know, there are so many different variations on special effects. But, again, they're all just very expensive. Mm-hmm. So most uh, low-budget filmmakers don't incorporate them. Not at all. They know better than to foray into that area. Uh, and, and frankly, they're just cost prohibitive. Mm-hmm. Here in this area, mm-hmm. how many uh, film productions a year do you think are done in the Northern Kentucky, Cincinnati area? I would say that we're in the neighborhood of 100 to 150, mm-hmm. just so, in Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky. Now, when you include 
uh, Dayton and Columbus, Ohio, now mm-hmm. you're probably in the 250 range. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice range, nice number. Uh, and now that also does include some of the college projects, uh, Miami University and Xavier, uh, Wright State and UD all have really strong programs. And they do quite a few projects where they do use us professional actors. Mm-hmm. Do, so as a professional producer, mm-hmm. uh, do you have any trouble at all finding qualified camera people, sound people, grips, or, wh- or whatever? I don't. Uh, what I find is finding their availability. You know, we know so many who are just super talented, and some are local, some are brought in from other areas of the country. Uh, but the really good ones are booked, and sometimes they're booked out for a year. Oh, so if you if you needed a camera guy that you wanted on your film, you'd have to schedule everyone else around his schedule to get Absolutely. that camera guy. Absolutely, everyone's in. Everyone who's in demand affects the production of a film. So it's no different for a top level crew member than than it is for a high level actor, uh, maybe who's of name recognition. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, are the films that, that are produced uh, here done with union labor or non-union labor? The vast majority are done non-union here in the northern Kentucky and Cincinnati area. Uh, and the reason being, again, it goes back to budget. Um, and there's also a second reason, really, and that's that most producers don't know how to navigate dealing with SAG-AFTRA. Mm-hmm. Um, it's well, not. Well, as, some people sure. don't even know what SAG-AFTRA means. Right. Okay. We we should uh, we should talk about that. So that is uh, SAG-AFTRA is the merged union, uh, the merged guild of Screen Actors Guild and American Film, Television, and Radio Actors. So those were two separate unions a couple of years ago, and they uh, recently merged and became one union. So they're a strong union, they're a really good union, and they definitely take care of their actors. And All of my films, uh, with the exception of Black Cross, are union films. Mm-hmm. So are, are you a union actor yourself? I'm not. I'm not. I'm what they call union. I'm SAG eligible, mm-hmm. So, but I'm not actually a, a SAG member yet. Mm-hmm. Is there a requirement to become a member? There are several requirements. Uh, you have to have a certain number of speaking roles uh, on SAG films. They have to have been a, of a certain budget level. And then, of course, there are initiation fees and all kinds of things that are involved there. Mm-hmm. Round numbers, what it would what it would cost someone to become a SAG after a member. Uh, about $3,100 initiation fee. Hmm. So it's not cheap. Not cheap. And uh, would an actor or an actress make that back in one production, or how many speaking parts would they have to have to make that money back? You know, uh, Mike, that really depends on the level of productions that they're working on. Um, everything's based on budget levels mm-hmm. with SAG AFTRA. So if it's a an ultra low budget level, uh, which is a budget under two hundred thousand dollars, they're only going to make about one hundred and twenty five dollars a day. But on a full budget Hollywood film, they're going to make about nine hundred and twenty a day. Mm-hmm. So there's quite a bit of a difference there. Okay, uh, let's take a minute and start talking about some of the uh, the films that you have in your queue. Well, sure. The uh, the films that you're 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 going to produce after. Uh, Black uh, Black Cross, the mm-hmm. Underground Railroad film, mm-hmm. uh, is is that a film where uh, people could come out and watch the filming of the film? You mean for Black Cross itself? Yeah, Black Cross or, or for uh, the uh, Underground Railroad. Well, sure, uh, for the Underground Railroad 
film, I have no say over that. Again, I'm just an employee on that one. I'm an actor who's going to work about uh, seven days. Mm -hmm. So um, I have no say on that whatsoever. With Black Cross, they can come out. Uh, We would want them to contact me directly uh, through my email, Mm -hmm. michael at actormichaelloose.com, and uh, we can make those arrangements. They do need to have arrangements made. Uh, They need to be in certain areas of the set. Uh, There are certain places they don't want to be. Some of the woods out there are a little bit treacherous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure they're well taken care of. But, of course, there are also legalities involved. You know, they need to sign some paperwork and check in and all all of that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you're producing your own films, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, how do you make money off them? <laughs> the million dollar question, right? Look, you know, if I'm going to invest any money in a film, I want to know where my investment is. Totally, totally. I buy an apartment house, I know where the return on investment is going to come. Right, right, of course. Uh, so it all comes down to distribution. Uh, that's the name of the game. In an ideal situation, you're going to have distribution lined up before you ever start shooting, but uh, that's pretty tough to do. So, again, if you're not a George Clooney or uh, – you know, someone else of that caliber, it's pretty tough. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to have a great business plan. It's going to have it set up. We're also going to have some name Hollywood actors coming in to add some appeal and help the film sell. Okay. Uh, Are you uh, aiming your films for a theatrical release or a television audience? I am always looking at theatrical releases. Uh, We do have one film now that's being looked at by a couple of networks. But we're also in negotiations with uh, one of the largest distribution companies in the world uh, that's based in Hollywood. So uh, that's the way we would really like to go with that one. To move the films so, into theatrical release. Theatrical, right. Every mm-hmm. time. Is there any business model uh, in, in terms of producing the films direct to, t- to, uh, to DVD or uh, direct to the web? There are, basis? there are business models for that. Uh, Netflix specifically. Uh, there are some other streaming channels that I know uh, are geared towards strictly the streaming uh, type of outlet. You're talking about much smaller dollars, though. If you're an investor, your chances of getting your money back are very slim. Mm-hmm. Uh, theatrical release is definitely the way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do you think 40,000 films are produced and yet only a handful are financially successful? Why do people keep producing film? They're passionate. They're artists. They're artists. Uh, They're artists, yes. They look at it from the uh, art perspective. Absolutely. I can tell you some wonderful filmmakers that put out some wonderful products, but they don't make it to shelves and they don't make it to theaters. Typically, they'll do a a really nice production. They'll get it funded for anywhere between $20,000 and $100,000. And in the end, it might run for two weeks at an art house theater, maybe something similar to an Esquire Theater in Cincinnati or a Marymount Theater. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great little places, fantastic places to show films. But again, it's just not a a wide appeal. You know, you're not going to reach the masses. Not going to reach the revenue goals. Correct. Okay. That's good. Again, if you have any questions uh, for Michael, the call-in number is 646-595-4916. We're going to listen to a couple of uh, Sandler commercials. This is a message for professional salespeople. It's an unusual message. I'm going to tell you that our product is expensive and difficult. It takes effort to use, and it's not for everyone. We provide difficult but effective sales training. It's the kind of training 
familiar to champion athletes. It builds winners in the world of business. We don't promise quick fixes or color brochures, only hard work that will teach you how to sell effectively even when your price is higher. If you're tired of hearing, I want to think it over. If you're finally ready to invest in yourself and your sales career and learn how to close more business faster, call me, Mike Roth, 513-646-6523, and we'll invite you to our next Lunch and Learn Sales Discovery Workshop on February 5th at either 8 a.m. or 1 p.m., 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth. Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. Many salespeople tell us business was really easy. They likened it to gathering fruit in an orchard full of ripe trees. They gathered the low-hanging fruit. They had to get baskets to pick up the fruit that was already fallen. They never had to climb a tree. They worked this way for 10 or 15 years. Given the strong economy, this was no problem. What are you hearing now? The economy has slowed down. Salespeople are competing on price. There's still business now, but salespeople have to work harder. The fruit has not fallen from the tree, and there's no low-hanging fruit. The fruit is there, but it's higher up in the tree. The problem is their salespeople have forgotten how to climb. Do your salespeople know how to climb? If you or your team needs to learn how to climb through and up out of tough economic times, call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523, or check our website at rothconsulting.net. When you hear about a typical sales training program, does it usually involve a one or two day seminar where some alleged guru passes down what he claims are the secrets to making sales? At Roth and Associates, I'm the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. We recognize that truisms and motivating speeches aren't enough to arm sales teams with the tools they need for success. Sales is a hard business. Typical sales training can only provide typical and disappointing results. At Roth & Associates, we use the Sandler methodology of continual reinforcement and ongoing training seminars along with individual coaching to ensure victory in the world of sales. We've been doing it here in Cincinnati for over 15 years. You won't fail because I won't let you. Roth & Associates, 513-646-6523. 513-646-6523. On the web at rothconsulting.net. Finding power in reinforcement. This is Mike Roth and Michael Luce from uh, Luce Change Films. Uh, We have a caller with a question, Michael, so here we go. Caller, can you hear us? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead and ask Michael your question. Well, hello, Michael. How are you today? Great. How are you? Oh, I'm hanging in there, hanging in there. My name is Mark. I'm calling out of the Midwest. I do some independent filmmaking, and I just had a kind of a sales question, uh, business standpoint question. What media platforms do you find most beneficial when you're networking out for a distribution or a um, or even just for a um, even funding? What do you find is some of the best, um, maybe even social media or just media platforms to reach out to to get a little bit better uh, a little bit better push for for answers? Okay, so if I understand correctly, caller, you're uh, and I'm sorry, it's Mark, right? Yes. Okay, great, Mark. So what I'm what I'm hearing is that you want to know how to reach more people to get funding. Is that correct? Yeah, and or distribution ideas. Like what what media platforms do you find are most beneficial? Um, like who would you rely on if you were reaching out personally to to get further with you know distribution and or for funding and things like that? 
Sure, Marcus. That is actually a great question. Uh, what I recommend is actually not using media platforms at all. Um, I'm an old sales guy, so I believe in face-to-face business and uh, the value of business relationships. So what I do is, you know, dealing with distribution companies, I spent almost a year on my last film, which was uh, Act of Contrition, um, building relationships with distribution companies and finally getting to the point where they were actually taking my calls. And then uh, after we got to that point where they would actually pick up and say, hi, Michael, how's the film coming? What's the latest news? So that's the best thing to do is, is go ahead and start building those relationships. And also when it comes to uh, raising funds for your movie, definitely it's about personal relationships. People are going to invest in you if they know, trust, and like you. Uh, you know, asking strangers for several thousand dollars is really, really tough to do. So I would say start with people that you know and uh, work through them. Maybe create a little spider's web model and see who you know that's that's closest to you and then think about who they might know. That's a that's a good idea. Uh, do you have another question, Carla? Well, the only other thing I would just touch touch up on that is um, you mentioned um, reach out to people in you know, an old-fashioned way. Uh, the the mm-hmm. question, I guess, I guess everyone's asking who's listening, um, where do you find those people? <laughs> That's the question. Again, again people who, who, sure, once again, Marcus, it's, Mark, it's a matter of who you know and who they might know. You may know 75 people, but they probably know another 500 people. So if you find a way to put the word out, whether by email or personal connection, you know, when you see people in, out in restaurants, whatever the case might be, let them know what you're looking for and, uh, you know, find out who they know and whether they'll be willing to set up a meeting for you. Fantastic. Good. Thanks. Thanks very much. Uh, well, thank you, you for know, your time. One of the things that we, we, we teach in Sandler is uh, based on the new, the new Sandler book, uh, LinkedIn, The Sandler Way. LinkedIn has been a, a Sandler client for the past couple of years. And you need to connect with everyone. You need to connect mm-hmm. with the superstars in, in LinkedIn. There are probably 100 people in LinkedIn that are connected to more than a, a million people. Uh, oh. You can't work in a small network environment. Right. Uh, it's not impossible to find them, but they're out there. So uh, what you're saying for the caller, uh, Michael, is that you, you don't believe in something like crowdfunding for a movie. I don't. Mike, uh, I think the crowdfunding is actually a huge distraction from the things that you really need to be doing as a producer. <clears throat> and the one thing that people don't realize about when they do crowdfunding, they're going to spend a lot of time in fulfillment. We're not in the fulfillment business. I don't want to go have 300 T-shirts made that are extra large and 100 that are large and, and you know 50 that are small and then have to ship them out and spend all the time doing the packaging and the the labels and, and, of course, paying for all those things, which is going to actually steal from your bottom line. That's not the way you want to do the business. Okay. Are you uh, working uh, and promoting, planning on promoting your films via the Internet? We will. Uh, typically, what's going to happen is the distribution companies are going to take over the marketing. So uh, they're going to have a, a full, really a full-court press of program for the marketing but what we can do is we can help in a very small way and in a way that doesn't interfere with their grand plan. So we that's where we use the mark, the Internet for marketing. Okay. Uh, do you use the Internet for recruiting actors and uh, production professionals? We do. Um, of course, I do use LinkedIn. I do use Facebook. 
and uh, quite a few really solid relationships have been have come from there. Uh, and Twitter as well. I've really found some great professionals from Twitter. Uh, and then when we need to, as as we say in the business, crew up, we, mm-hmm. we need to hire a crew, and we want to announce uh, casting calls. Typically, we don't announce casting calls because we handle we have uh, casting directors who are going to do that, and they're going to reach out to the local agencies and find the professionals for us. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to worry about spending our time doing that. We're going to be making the what we call the above the line decisions or the executive decisions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, perhaps you can uh, give our listeners a leadership tip as a producer. Absolutely, that's a that's a great question. I'm a big fan of Marcus Lemonis, and Marcus Lemonis uh, has a TV show called The Prophet, and it's really good. I wish I could tell you what network it was on, uh, but Marcus actually talks about uh, the way he does business is people, product, people, process, product, and that's exactly what I use. I focus on people first, mm-hmm. and then once we empower the people and we teach the people and we have them, they've bought in and they're part of the team, then we deal with the process. Mm-hmm. And everything that we do from there out then goes toward the end product. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, very similar to a, a Sandler Triangle, people process it. And uh, people process product and product. Yes. yes. Very similar. Uh so if you don't use the Internet much to promote your films or to find financing, mm-hmm. uh, how are you going to find financing for 12 films over the next year or two? Again, just like we've told the caller, you know, we're going to deal with people who are qualified investors. And one of the things that I started with is finding out who I know and who those people know. I probably have a personal network of six or 700 people. They know thousands. So when I started to put the word out via email and text messages and phone calls, having dinner with people and just saying, who can you introduce me to? Mm-hmm. Uh, the network grew. The network grew huge. And all of a sudden, commercial, uh, really qualified people started coming forward and exposing themselves and letting me know that they have 100000 or or a, a million or more that's liquid and they were ready to make a move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh what are the tax incentive scenarios for producing a film here in uh, Ohio, Kentucky, or California? Right, sure. In Ohio and Kentucky, it's about 25%. In California, it's 20%. So what we do is we can claim those taxes, those tax incentives, I'm sorry, on the next year's taxes. We don't actually take them off of the expenditures because we have to spend what's called qualified expenditures, which is in-state spending. So you spend a million dollars to produce a film in Ohio. Correct. Paying uh, Teutonic Knights in Armour. Correct. And production companies. And that million dollars would be subject to the tax credit in Ohio? Correct. Even if you didn't go through the film commission? Correct. Correct. The Cincinnati Film Commission is it's an integral part of the Cincinnati film community, but it's not essential. Mm-hmm. Versus again, the state. Right, versus the state, correct. Great. That's good. Uh, since we're running out of time, Mike, mm-hmm. is, is there anything else you want to tell our listeners about uh, your film production company? I'd love for people to follow us, uh, continue following us on uh, Facebook. Uh, Actor Michael Luce is my page. On Twitter, it's Actor Michael Luce. I'm sorry, it's Michael Luce 1 and also Michael Luce 5. 
And keep an eye out for a brand new website coming up in just a couple of minutes. Good. Uh, Michael, I want to thank you for being with us here today. Uh, I'm going to be giving you a copy of uh, one of our new books, Transforming Leaders, The Sandler Way. Hey. Uh, probably one of the most fun leadership books that Sandler has, has ever come out with. Uh, you know, there's a guy named Mike Roth wrote the forward on that one, I think. And uh, inside the book, you'll find a uh, million dollars and uh, a free training pass to, uh, to come to one of my training classes. Thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate it. And I can't wait to read it. Good. Uh, Scott, why don't you uh, take it away? Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at Mike Roth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513 753 9400.